Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. This is your weekly dose of Dream Home Inspiration, bringing you clever hacks and tips from the very best local experts with your hosts, Tara and Joe. Hey, hey, welcome to the Dream Home Movement. I'm Joe Violetta from Violetta Finance, and I'm here as always with my fabulous co host, Tara Vandelight from Building Dreams, Mornington Peninsula. Hey. Hello, Joe. How you doing? Very good. I'm excited tonight because we have a very special guest. We do. We have Beth Steidel. And she is the founder of a really great local Facebook group called um, Mornington Peninsula Hobby Farmers. Yes. And it's it's a really great Facebook group if you're looking to start a hobby farm on the peninsula, if you're looking to get some information about hobby farms, it's all there for you. And, yeah, we're going to pick brain, um, pick Beth. Pick brains, like yeah. Arizona. Oh, no, we won't do pick yeah. brains. No, 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 no. <laughs> we are going to um, get some knowledge from Beth to find out how to best set up your hobby farm. Sounds great. And as always, we have our usual segments. We have the finance segment with Carl and Property Geek Out with Tara. We're talking hobby farms today with Beth. So Beth was born and raised on the Mornington Peninsula. Whilst living in central Footscray and raising a small family in the hustle and bustle of the city, Beth and her hubby decided to chase their dream of a farm life. Which is pretty brave. Well, it's pretty brave. A little <laughs> bit ignorant, maybe. A little bit. <laughs> you, got to, you only live once. That's right. After a long search, they purchased a gorgeous nine, uh, sorry, 1860s farmhouse on seven acres. I've seen photos. It looks stunning in Somerville. And they began the fun and yet challenging task of uh, running a farm whilst juggling work, renovations, study and family. It's been a hard road, but a good one. Starting to see some results now. It's been three years of really hard work, but it's starting to, you know, come together. It's still hard. Don't get me wrong. Having yeah. a hobby farm's not easy, um, but we do love it. It is great. So how long ago did you move there? Um, I think it's about three years ago now. Yes. Um, my little boy's about to turn four and he was just turning one. So three years. One year old there. baby. Yes, it was. That's a perfect time to make lifestyle it was change. A fantastic time. <laughs> and it's always the way, you know, sheds flooding and houses not ready on time and settlements didn't go ahead. And we had, um, our three year old as well. So it was busy times. Oh, wow. Mm. That's very exciting. Um, and if anyone wants to see Beth's, um, her beautiful house. There's some really nice pictures on the promo on our Facebook page and also, yeah, on our Facebook page, Dream Home Movement. So tell us a little bit why, because you've set up a hobby farming group mm-hmm. um, on Facebook called Mornington Peninsula Hobby Farmers. Tell us a little bit more why you did that. I think for us, we did a lot of research before we moved. We were actually, um, as you said, I grew up down here. Mm. We looked on the other side of the city out towards Lancefield to actually buy a property And so we did lots of research for many years and then this property came up. We thought we knew everything about farming. We'd read all the books and, of course, if you've read the books and and you have a country style subscription, then you're a farmer, obviously. Obviously. My husband has the, you know, um, Weekly Times subscription, so he's a farmer too. Um, (laughs) And we got down here and realised that the little knowledge we had wasn't enough to get us through Mm. and farming's incredibly, it is expensive, that... The vet to come out, there's not many small animal vets or large animal vets, sorry, on the Mornings Peninsula. There's really only one left and it's astronomical to get them out. So um, 
when, back in the olden days when people were, everyone was a farmer down on the Mornington Peninsula, you were either a market gardener or you had livestock, your neighbour would help you. Yeah. Um, people don't have that luxury anymore. Your neighbour isn't a farmer, your neighbour is a housing estate. Yes. So um, we would get ourselves into situations where our cows would get out. I'd be home alone and I had other Facebook groups I was a member of and I could ask somebody in far north Queensland how to get my cow back in but no one could physically come and help me. So I decided just to start this little movement and also networking, like yes. buying stock feed together or farming's very geographical. You need to have similar people within your area for advice. What they do in Queensland doesn't work here. Mm. Um, and I made lots of some really good friends that through that way and lots of support. We can call somebody up and say, oh, God, my cow's out again or my sheep doesn't look very good. Can you come and have a look and help me catch my sheep? We've done that numerous times. So it's just a really nice community. The rural aspect of Mornington Peninsula is something why we live here. And I feel like it's being lost very quickly. So mm. my passion is our children go to a quite a rural school and that was our choice. Um, and I want to preserve that. I think it's vital to keep that down here. You've got the beach. Yes. People often forget the rural nature. So encouraging that and networking is probably where my passion is and that's why I started the page. Well, it's such a practical way of going about it really because you connect everyone mm -hmm. in a format that's easy for everyone to connect online anytime um, and like you say if someone's cows get out you can just do a quick search then there's usually someone that's right. ready to answer your questions um, and yeah just for those 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 big questions those local questions that you can't get answered anywhere else really that's it like no they don't understand like oh what does this grass look like oh I don't know we don't have that or yeah. what's this weed or where's the best place to buy this kind of rooster you know somebody go I've got that rooster yep I don't need him would you like him oh that's fabulous that's so great it's real community yep absolutely it's, important. it's a good first step absolutely very good so um what are some of the common um, questions or issues local hobby farmers face around here? I think it's um, probably, like I said, there's not a great access to... Um, one of the things we've noticed is it's very hard to do a course yes. in becoming a hobby farmer. Mm. Um, you know, you need a licence to drive a car, you need to register your dog, mm. then mm. anybody can buy sheep. You know? Right. And, and like, I didn't realise that. You've got to have registration <laughs> numbers and stuff for sheep, mm. but people can own a sheep and it's a very complex animal. You know, it has a different digestive system to a dog. You know, you have to feed it a certain way. Um, and we have lots of questions around, you know, I've got a lamb and um, the mother's rejected it. Does anybody have, you know, colostrum? And I keep a freezer full of colostrum and I've met a lot of people that way. <laughs> wow. Sheep colostrum. And yep. they come and they pick it up and it's mm. just a nice thing to do and it's, you know, it's not an easy product to get a hold of. No. Um, and then we have lots of vegetable garden questions, which are quite cool. Everyone likes to know how to do their veggie garden. You know, what's everybody putting in this week? If you're in Queensland, you're putting in something different to yeah, the yep, Peninsula. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, where you can buy a rooster. If anybody's what kind of sheep people have, it's, it's actually quite nice. We do still a little bit of sales posts. Uh, yep. You know, I would prefer that everyone can come into one place and do everything yeah. they need. Um, so, yeah, for sort of a variety of things, really. There's probably been some bizarre questions and some really helpful ones, <laughs> which is nice. I quite like it. It doesn't get boring. Bizarre ones. I kind of want to know what the bizarre oh, one is. Just, oh, I think we had one. Um, one of my friends the other day asked a question about... Um, I think it was, was it something eating the tops of their carrots? Oh, okay. Like yeah, you know, okay. just the investigation into that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, lots of fun. That sounds really interesting. So what got you passionate about hobby farming to begin with? Mm, 
it was probably my husband's dream, to be honest. Um, and I got caught up in it and mm. excited mm. and reading all the books. And um, we travelled around Australia. And when we were travelling, I read a lot of, you know, um, historical Australian novels. And they're all based on farming families. They are, yeah. Yeah, oh, so wow. um, probably then sort of got my interest and also wanting just a different life for our children. We were living in central Footscray. You yeah. don't get more you know, city and very urban, urban yep. and central Footscray. Definitely um, not rural. Not rural yeah. at all. No. And my husband said he didn't want to go from, you know, fence to fence, neighbour on your boundary. If he was yep. moving and moving away, you know, easy access to work, it had to be for his passion. Yeah. Yep. And we ended up down here. So, and it's it's perfect, you know, where we live is great and it's, you know, I know people. My mm. mum and dad live three minutes from me. Oh, wow. And, you know, the other day they came around because I had trouble with a sheep and they watched the kids while I handled a sheep. You oh, know? fantastic. Do they have any sort of hobby farming knowledge? None. No. Zero. Oh. None. They were thrown in the deep end last year when they lived with us for a few months while yep. their house settled and it was in the thick of lambing. And mum, my mum's a nurse, and my mum and I gave a lamb mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, which wow. is just a little bit crazy. And she Did helped. it work? It it worked for a few days. It survived, and then unfortunately, often a lamb is rejected for a reason, which yeah. is you know that nature's way, which is hard. But um, probably the best advice I've been given from our shearer. We've mm. got a fantastic local shearer, and she's a female. She's which is so brilliant. I mm. love it. I love seeing that. She's mm. a shearer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, her and her partner, you know, they they come out and they help us. And you hear lots of sayings thrown around. I'm not sure if it was her or maybe her dad was. If you've got livestock, you've got dead stock. Yeah. And that's probably one of the biggest things people need to get their head around. You know, you can't save every animal. You can give it the best life. You can give it while it's alive. Mm. Um, if you choose to consume the animals that you raise, you know that you're given them, you know, ethical treatment and that they've been dispatched in a humane way. And if you don't, then lots of people rescue animals and give them a great life. But there is, unfortunately, that downside to farming where mm. we do have, you know, the death of livestock. But then next day you might have a little chick born. So yeah. it's all balanced, which I really appreciate every day. Gosh, keeping it so real. Mm. It's the circle. Yeah. And it's nice for kids to see that. I yeah. Think yeah. That they're actually educated. Don't, uh, if you don't want your children to know about some of life's really important lessons, don't let them hang out with my children. My children have seen lots of things happen on the farm. Oh, birds and bees birds style and bee stuff. stuff. Wow. Yeah, so. I probably need to hang out with your kids because I had to have Christine <laughs> um, from Suburban Chooks explain to me how eggs are made. So, okay. yeah. Co- that's not something, that's not general knowledge really, is well, it? Well, she, she assured me that it's a common, it's a common question. It is yes, really. So. It's a very complex it's question. It's very kind of it. Which is nice, but that's good. No, I don't think. I would be surprised at just a general knowledge question. Mm. People would know that knowledge. Mm. I think that's quite a that's okay question to Thank ask. You. I think. Well, you yeah. need to join the Facebook group, Joe. Yeah. I do. I can find out <laughs> you where. Can ask all your questions. Yeah, there. where chickens and babies and everything come <laughs> from. My kids will help you out. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. Joe here. I am speaking with Beth, or Tara and I are speaking with mm. Beth, who is a local hobby farmer here on the Mornington Peninsula. And in a moment, I'm going to ask Beth for her best tips for anyone considering moving down to the Mornington Peninsula and starting a hobby farm, or actually starting a hobby farm anywhere, but really specifically here in the, mm-hmm. the Mornington Peninsula because of our climate. But before that, Beth, I'd like to learn a little bit more about your farm. So you mentioned, I, I, I gather you've got sheep and cows, because I know a cow's escaped. Yes. And, um, and you know a shearer. 
But what other animals do you have on your farm? We've got, we've had pigs, but we don't have pigs anymore because pigs are a lot of hard work. And Okay, are they? They are a lot of hard work. So we used to spend every Sunday afternoon going to a bakery to get bread to feed them because right. they... Eat oh, like wow. pigs. It's not. They <laughs> yeah. say that for a reason, right? So, um, yeah. So we've we didn't don't have the pigs anymore. They're very. We didn't. We don't have enough land for pigs to free range. They yep. need a lot of mm. land. They mm. do destroy the land very quickly. Mm. So you need to rotate them a lot. So we moved those on. We did plan on doing salami with them, but they got very big very quick, and we just thought somebody else could probably benefit from them. So okay. we moved them on. Yep. And we've got two cows, and we actually have a miniature sheep stud, which. It sort of sounds a bit naff when you tell people you have miniature animals. A miniature sheep? Huh? Like, what? So the sheep that we have, they're a heritage breed. So yes, they're, okay. Um, they're called a baby doll south, south down. Yes. They're, originally, sheep weren't very big, and over mm. generations they've made them bigger and bigger for meat, more wool, more, mm. you know, more meat. And ours are quite small still, which are great. A lot of vineyards use them to go th- underneath the vines to clean up, you right. know, organically. And wow. They're very manageable, so I'm able to... I wouldn't say I'm an incredibly strong person. I'm able to actually grab one and actually tip it over. Mm-hmm. Sheep are big animals. You don't realize until you get up next to a sheep just how big they are. Mm. Um, and they're manageable with children. You know, they're not overpowering our children. Right. They're, yep. they're a safe, quite a safe breed. So we've got a little stud doing those. Wow. Um, and we've got lots of chickens and we've got guinea fowl, which are a bit of a strange bird. What's a guinea? A bird? Yeah, it's a bird. So um, the reason we got them was um, they actually are like a an alarm system if they see something that shouldn't be on the property or a snake or mm-hmm. something like that they will sound an alarm wow wow yes but they are incredibly noisy mm. and very distracting <laughs> yes um so everything's to be alarmed about exactly right <laughs> yeah. yes so they've been raised with chickens so they think they think they're chickens but they've still got <gasps> the you know instinct um yeah so the cows and the sheep and we did have a pony but we don't have the pony this no. is what we sort of did we went out and we got the hobby farm and we tried every animal yes yep. yeah saw what worked for us yep and saw what didn't and i think that's probably a little tip for some people because you've just got to sort of dive in and try it yeah because you're not going to know what suits you we always thought we'd be um have cattle yes and (laughs) sheep we're falling into sheep and we we really like them so how many sheep have you got i think we've got it's really bad when you don't actually know (laughs) um, i think we're up to around um close to 40 oh that's a few miniature Sheep. It is a fair yeah, few. Yeah, that's a, so fair a flock. That's yeah. a proper flock. We do have some. We've um, got lots of rams at the moment that we hmm. need to um, sell on. But um, Alfie's a little shepherd. He is. He actually. <laughs> he did actually pull a lamb last year. So, he, so Alfie is your my little boy. Yeah, for, so, almost turning four. Turning four. Next oh, and week. he pulled a lamb. No. So wow. I, I, we're out in the paddock in the pouring rain, and you have to take the kids out. You can't leave them in the house yep. by themselves. And I got the legs out, and he pulled it the rest of the way. Oh, how impressive! I know. He was. Oh, that was last year. So he wasn't even three yet. Wow. And oh. that's what you were saying before about how this offers a really great education for. For the kids, my husband actually grew up on a farm yeah. in the Philippines, right. and so I'm a very indoor person. He's a very outdoor person, mm. and just I it I think it it adds this it gives a person this re, this resilience it does. and, and this sense of confidence. Yeah, this sense mm. of confidence definitely. You, know, you can tell a farmer when you meet them. You yeah, they really do. They're a bit gorgeous. Aren't they, they are. I, I, I do, married one. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do think that you actually. We um, both did. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You're drawn to people like <laughs> that. I think mm. because they are very practical. Mm. Yes. Have to be practical, mm. and I think that they're very grounded. They can't just yep. they can't just up and leave. No, they can't do that. So they're quite grounded <laughs> yep. and 
uh, you know, I think there's a lot of good qualities and very capable. They are mm. capable. Mm. That's capable. the other thing as well. Mm. So what? Because I mean, I'm I'm not from a farming background, and to be honest with you, I have no idea what an average day would look like for for a farmer or a hobby farmer or any sort of farmer. So what does your average day look like? It's pretty like a normal, what a normal family would be like, you know, um, we don't get up any extra early than anybody Mm -hmm. else. Um, I think some people would, but personally for us, how it works is it's very seasonal. Right. Okay. Um, So we will be very busy at this time of year for lambing. Um, we did have lots of lambing issues last year with, um, the season was quite poor. Right. A lot of people on the Mornington Peninsula and through Victoria did. Lots of people lost lots of lambs last year. Oh gosh. Um, just not enough rain and the grass just isn't very good at the moment. Mm. Um, so I think this time of year, it's constantly out in the paddock checking. It's kind of, you know, you have to watch for signs of labor all the time. Mm, right. And, um, okay. Lots of medical stuff goes on at this time of year. We've had a few quite ill in the last week or so that we've actually had to medically intervene so lots of hands-on stuff which i love that's probably my favorite part of the farming is the medical hands-on stuff Mm. um but it's things it's all the things that you don't expect to happen that Mm. really throw you know it's the fencing it's the um if an animal's sick it's cleaning the chicken coop it's um you know always fixing a fence it's the fences that mowing the lawns <laughs> and because then your garden is so much bigger than a normal person's garden yes um keeping the property clear so that you don't have snakes and mm. making sure your stock have water so it's probably if you looked at it on a normal day probably an hour's commitment a day which is yeah. quite mm. a decent amount yeah um but at sometimes of year it can be three or four hours commitment right. a day so mm. it is big and there's there's no real holidays. You don't get a day mm. off if, if there's mm. something going on. Um, we would plan our holidays around lambing season right, and we okay. would have to have a house sitter. Okay. You couldn't just go away and just mm. leave them. You would have to have someone to come and check on them and animals will get themselves in trouble when you, you know, in the pouring rain or mm. when you mm. have to be at a fancy event yes. and you've just got your dress on. Yeah. That's when a lamb will be born. Yeah. It's yep. always the way. So it is a huge commitment <laughs> having a hobby farm. It's not just pack your bags and I'm out of here. It's like evening dress and gum boots. I, kind it of. has been done before. Yeah. You know, like I think, you know, we've always got our boots at the door and you just have to be ready for anything. So. Wow. So your house sitter would have to be very capable. I know. Themselves. We, do. we do have yeah. a little list of like, I wonder if the shearer would want a house sitter. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> We need to go somewhere. I wonder if Emily will house it, you know? <laughs> so if someone is thinking of um, making the sea change or the land change, um, such as what you, you did from yes. Footscray to the peninsula, and they want to move down to the peninsula and set up a hobby farm, do you have any tips for them? I think um, being very realistic about no matter how much you've read or, you know, mm. it, I learn still every single day. And I actually don't learn a lot from books. I learn right. from other people. Yep. Somebody will say, um, the shearers, um, partners from Ireland, and he's, when one of our sheep was sick, he said, give it some ivy. I'm like, what does ivy do? Gave it some ivy and it came good. Oh, I, would wow. never, I would never have seen that in a book. No. no. Um, so I think it's about maybe creating some kind of network yeah. um, before you do it, maybe doing some farm stays. And as far as selecting your farm, we had two major criteria from all of the research we did, and that was mains water yes. and mains gas. Okay. Yes. Um, and then it, secondary to those sort of things is if you're going to have stock, make sure it's got good fencing because it's so expensive to yeah. fence. Yeah. Um, so if you actually want to be able to renovate your house at some point, make sure you don't have to buy fencing because it's <laughs> astronomical and right. it's a huge task. Um, most people that you ask, what did you do on the weekend that have a farm? It was fencing. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. It's just it's a big job, and mm. it's, and you know, Tim, you know, building yourselves, timber's yeah. expensive. Oh yeah. Labor's expensive. Yeah. Mm. The machinery to put fencing in is expensive. What people don't understand, well, what I didn't understand is those. Um, Fence posts—they go in as far as they appear above the ground. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I did. I did not know that. Yeah, they go in very, very deep. So they don't use concrete mm, they necessarily, ha- they, yeah, they, but they, they ran, ran, they ran the dirt. So yeah. So what you see above ground is then again the same below, below ground. So wow. that's not something you dig with a shovel. No, no. <laughs> you no. need we've, an auger. We've got. And stuff. We now have a fabulous fencer, a mm. great local guy that comes with his tractor and he drives it from Pearsdale and drives it down, yeah. which is just brilliant. <laughs> he's he's the guy that him. you're stuck behind yep. on the road that you get really angry about because <laughs> you have to be somewhere. And he comes and does all. He's of like, that I'm sorry, stuff. I've got fences to build. This That's is important right. business. It's very, all right? it's very yeah. important. It's very <laughs> it's important. Like, I just think being realistic. I think um, yep. it is. I think a lot of people start, they get into it and they're out very quickly. Yeah. It is a mm. real commitment. Um, it's a great lifestyle mm. yeah. for kids. Um, but it, it will be their lifestyle. Yeah. It's not going to be, okay, oh, every weekend we're going to be down at the Red Hill Market. You're not going to be. You're going to be mm. on your property doing something. Okay. Um, mm. And there's times of years that you will be able to get off and do other things. And if you don't have a lot of stock on it, that's fine as well. Um, but really consider it because it's, it's hard work. <clears throat> so um, understand what the commitment actually is. Understand that it would be difficult to have holidays. Build a bit of a network. Do some home stays, um, farm stays if you can mm-hmm. to get a real clear picture. And um, just be all over that fence. Yes, they, all those over, would be all your about tips. The fence. Yeah. All, it's all about <laughs> the fence. Hey, if you could turn back time, mm-hmm. is there anything that you would do differently? I know that we've spoken about the, the pigs. <laughs> yeah. I would do it a lot um, earlier. Okay. Oh, good on you. So yeah. I feel like doing it with a one-year-old and a three-year-old was yes. a lot harder. So yep. I feel like if my husband and I had done it when we first met 10 years ago, and we had have been set, set up. Oh, how romantic mm. that would have been. It just, but it would have been different. You would have got so much more done. Like yes. everybody that has children knows you what it's set like. set it up really nicely. It's, just, it's very hard to juggle them. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe because it sounds like the farm that you bought needed a fair bit of work, maybe get something that's already done. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's and, a good tip. But at the same time, though, you pay a massive premium for that. Mm. You really do. Mm. So you're happy to put in the hard work and understand, um, you know, when you buy a house and it's a renovation, you're like, oh, that's our 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. A farm's a 20-year plan. Wow. Yeah. That's you really know, interesting to know, yeah. Like you think about all the work you do around, you know, mm. your garden on a normal size block. Well, you might have two acres of garden. Yep. So everything's doubled in time, I think. Mm. And then yep. somebody said to me, when you buy a farm, you go into your back paddock and dig a massive hole and just throw your money in there because that's what it's going <laughs> to feel like. <laughs> And, you know, like feeding mm. the animals is expensive. So, yeah. oh, we won't fix the ceiling because we've got to buy stock feed because it's dry. So, mm. and they're, they're animals. You have to care for them first. Yes. They come first. So, mm. yeah, they're living things. That's right. Hey, we've got a signature question that we ask all of our guests mm-hmm. and it is, what does the term dream home mean to you? Think, I'm guessing it's something to do with having a farm. Uh, I think for me, land. currently, because we're mm. in the trenches and we're lambing and all of that, mm. it really would be for me a house that is finished. That's yep. my okay. home <laughs> yep. where I can come in and I've got my big mud room for the dirty boots oh, and mm. so much storage. I would love some storage and, mm. um, you know, big, beautiful bath and, yes. you know, it's just a finished home. I think it doesn't necessarily need to be a huge fancy home. Yes. But something where you can just say, okay, we're done, which you never are. Yeah. Mm. Let's be honest, yeah. we're never done. Yeah. Um, 
but it's just done for even a year. Yes. Mm. And you can just have that year where you enjoy it and you can have that extra time with kids and you yep. can play a board game instead of having to do renovations and actually yeah. soak up some kids' time because yeah. we have not had that, which is really that's really hard. So mm, I think yeah. that would probably be my dream home. So a, fin- finished, a finished home. A finished, a finished home. home. Well, you're working on your renovation at the moment on your eight is 1860s, 1860s, 1860s yeah. home. We'd love to chat to you when, when it's mm, yeah. near completion. You know, and 2028 or something. I'll come, I'll come and have a look for okay, you. <laughs> well, if people want to um, find you or find your group and sort of join in the conversation, how can they do that? So they can just pop on to Facebook and we're at the Mornington Peninsula Hobby Farmers yes. and just apply through there and I will just approve you and we can get down to it that way. Awesome. Get so get in, yeah, get into groups and do a bit of a search, Mornington Peninsula Hobby Farmers. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming in tonight, yes. Beth. It Thanks was a lot me. of fun and let's go start a hobby farm. Yes. Yeah. I think we'll just enjoy Fantastic. Beth's. Yeah, we'll just enjoy Beth's. Have a hang out of mine. We'll live vicariously through well, you. you can house it for me so I can go on a holiday. You know what? That's uh-huh. a plan. That's yeah. <laughs> we might start a business where people that want to buy a hobby farm can house it mine. We, yes. can, we, we can see how good a farmer Simon and Carl are. Yeah, <laughs> we can. How go. practical are they or are they just making it out? <laughs> making it out. It's a test. It's a it test. <laughs> Perfect test. Coming up next, the finance segment with Carl. Welcome back, everybody. You are on the Dream Home Movement, and now it's time for one of my favourite segments, which is the finance segment with Carl. How are you, Carl? Hey, Tara. I'm well. How are you? Very, very good. So, Carl, we had a really interesting thing come up in the farming, um, the hobby farming segment we did. It was in relation to uh, getting finance for a hobby farm or for um, rural properties down um, on the Mornington Peninsula. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you finance a purchase like that? Yeah. Lenders generally uh, like to... Uh, know the size of the semi-rural properties Um, because some lenders have block restrictions on uh, what they'd be comfortable to uh, use as a security uh, for the home loan. Um, Like, for instance, if you deal with some of the smaller banks, you know, they might cap the size of the property at five acres. Mm. Um, Or if you deal with some of the bigger banks, they're happy to go up up to 50 acres, as an example. Interesting. Um, so, and some lenders are a bit picky as well. Like they want to know that there's a telephone line that's being run running through the the property. There's actually like a a a, a driveway that is either bitumen or, or cemented mm. going through the property as well. That there's sewage, you know, and there's all that sort of uh, uh, local services that are attached to to mm. the property. Um, no, really and again, you know, not not all lenders are that pedantic, but some are. So mm. when you're looking at rural um, properties, it really is best to uh, talk, talk to a local broker to uh, give them the specs of the property that you're looking to purchase so that they can give you a bit of a short list in terms of suitable lenders that will definitely be able to assist with the home loan. Wow, because that five acres is quite restrictive. Um, you know, if if there was a particular lender you wanted, um, yeah, it's 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 quite easy to buy a property that's larger than five acres if you're looking at that sort of um, area. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's why you can't if, with with a customer that's looking at uh, a hobby uh, farm type property, they may be restricted to which lender that they'd be able to to go forward with. Mm. Um, you know, if you want to use 
like a boot, uh, a smaller lender because you've got all their banking with them. But when it comes to a home loan, that particular property doesn't suit their appetite, then you won't be able to hmm. get your home loan through that particular lender, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's really interesting to know. Thank you, Carl. So you're across all that sort of lending um, in in regional areas down on the Mornington Peninsula? Yeah, yeah. Look, we get quite a fair bit of inquiry in relation to hobby farming uh, types of property. Yep. And, look, you know, we've got like a handful of lenders that comfortably do those types of um, properties. They are very, very common nowadays. Mm. Um, and what generally they look for is, uh, you know, a hobby farm is generally a farming type property that is for personal consumption um, and it's not income producing because if the property is income producing then then that property becomes a commercial loan rather Um, than a residential home loan. I understand, I understand. Okay, so if someone's thinking of buying a hobby farm um, and they want to just get a better idea about um, what their lending capabilities are, um, how, how do they get in contact with you, Carl? Facebook is, yep. a, is a really good way for, to find um, us, which is Violetta Finance with one T. Yep. Um, you can also find us on the web as well, violetafinance.com.au. Or they can call me at... All right, mate, we'll be with you right there in a minute. Um, <laughs> they can get me on 0424 849 Okay. Okay. Lovely talking to you, Carl, from um, Violetta uh, sorry Finance. Sorry about that. See you guys. Catch you later. Bye. Poor car had to jump off the call. <laughs> Quick smart because our four year old um you can hear him you could hear him in the background. Little Marcus, yep. yep. Dad. I've shared you enough. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. <laughs> You've been at work all day. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Pay attention to me. All right, well we're gonna take a very quick break and when we come back we have the property geek out with Tara. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. Joe here, and we are heading into the Property Geek Out segment with Tara. Dun, dun, dun. Get your geek on. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, we're going to work on that. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm here to talk about geeky, um, getting projects done, your little property projects mm-hmm. done before Christmas. Ah. Because we all want to get it done before Christmas because, honestly, it is tools down for a while after Christmas, isn't mm. it, really? Like getting someone back before February is a bit challenging. <laughs> yes, yeah. So if you're listening to this live, mm. it's September the 20th. It is. So 96 okay. days until Christmas. Wow. Yes. If you want to get something done, particularly if it's of the outdoor nature, like the decks, a bit of mm-hmm. landscaping, um, people are getting booked out now. Because I'm doing a bit of that at my um, my property in Francis South that I'm doing up at the moment. And, yeah, mm. I am finding that some people are just already – the good ones are really already starting to get booked out now. Why is that? Why? Like- well, because a lot of these things are a bit seasonal. So let's say you're doing right. a deck. It can be done when it's not raining. Yes. Unless you're really gung-ho. Mm. <laughs> I do have a nice chippy. will do it for me any time of the year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's seasonal. Um no. Also, when it gets to December, January, it's really hot and hard mm. to work in those sort of conditions mm. as well. So, you know, the tradespeople generally, you know, arrange to have their holidays over that period of time. So yep. it's tools down um, mm-hmm. until later January when it cools off a little bit. Um, so, look, if you want to get that project done, particularly landscaping, particularly anything really outdoors, painting, now is your window. 
Yeah. Call okay. them up now and just say, I want to quote, you know, come round, try and get me in before Christmas because if you don't do that now, you're going to miss out. Now, three quotes are always good. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's really more complicated, you might need five. Right, okay. But having said that, if you have people that you know and trust and they've done good work for you before, um, you may only need to get two two quotes just as a bit of a comparison to make sure you know, you're getting a fair deal still. Yeah. Um, okay. I would always recommend going with someone who you've used before and has done a good job mm-hmm. and um, you have that rapport built with them because it's a bit of a no- more known quantity, especially yes. if there's like only, let's say, you know, a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars between quotes. It depends on what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Okay. And the price. But um, yeah, it's a big to to avoid that unknown factor you know like five hundred dollars may not mean a lot of a difference when somebody gets it wrong oh that's so true isn't it Linda? someone yeah someone gets it mm. wrong you have to get it fixed it costs more money mm. on top of what what you would have paid anyway um and also uh yeah be be very um careful with the quotes and really nut out what is included you know does it include the materials um is there any loose ends, or, you know, like, I don't know, rubbish disposal mm. materials at the end Ooh, of it? That's, that's a good, that's yeah. a good one to... That's a good, yeah. that's quite easy to get caught out with that. I mean, skips, you know, they cost about 900 bucks for the big ones. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's a lot of money. <laughs> So, so, I forgot this is an this is an audio medium and yes. people can't see me raising Joe's my eyebrows. Went up. <laughs> yes, it does cost a lot to get skips. So, um, absolutely, yeah. Look at all the details. Ask lots of questions before you go ahead. But yeah, get onto it now. Great tip. Mm. Great tip. Thanks for that, property geek. At how Tara, if people want to find you, follow you, see what you're up to, talk to you, how can they do that? Do more geeky things. Yeah, they want to geek <laughs> out with you. If you want to do property stuff, um, I've got a, a building a, a building group called mm. um, Building Dreams Mornington Peninsula. Um, that's on Facebook. Yeah. Also, we're on Instagram now as well. So if you search Tara Loves Building Dreams, you're welcome to follow my building adventures there. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll see you soon. Thanks, Tara. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Yep. Beth, thanks again for joining us tonight. It was, we had an absolute hoot, didn't we? We did. Lots yeah. Of fun. Thanks for having me. Oh, we, had uh, oh, oh, we had a bar. I know. I know. It's terrible. You're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> hey, I want to say hello to everyone in New York who listens to the podcast version of the show. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. It's brilliant to have you there. Listening to us in the Big Apple. It's kind of glamorous. It is. I feel very, I feel like Carrie Bradshaw, but poorly but dressed. Not? The, yeah, morning <laughs> With like fabulous. three pairs of shoes. But apart from that, we're like the same person. Gumboots. <laughs> Gumboots. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We look forward to chatting with you next week. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Dream Home Movement. Wishing you all the best in your projects this week. We would love to chat and hear what you're up to, so please say hi on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to hanging out with you next week. Catch you soon.